Jordan's gonna quit. Like, know, <laughs> he's he's been a how part of the, how are we the most immature ones here? He's the one who's 21. He's the one that needs to be talking like this, BK. Yeah, I mean, he's only been a part of Texas Sports Unfiltered for like a month, and I feel like uh, his time is nearing an end because <laughs> of the crosstalk that we do with it's only an hour every single day right when we come on the air. Jeff was complicit in that one. I'm he started it. Him as much as I am, you or me. Usually I'm the biggest, the most guilty party in conversations like that, but that was all him there. And yeah, we, he started that. Yeah, he's off. We're off the hook this time around. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you and yours. It is Trey and BK, the award winning Trey and BK, with you until one o'clock right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Chip and Zay from one to three. And then Trey will be back with Kevin Dunn this afternoon from three to five. Tons of Texas Longhorn conversation coming your way over the next nearly five hours. We'll talk some NFL as well. Trey and I will make our weekly picks as we do each and every Friday. We'll have Where Are We At in Society at the end of the show. A lot to get into over the next 52 minutes or so. Trey, I'll be honest, I I didn't go back and look at our picks last week. Do we know if I made up any ground? Three and three. I was just about to ask you about that because you needed to make a major move in an effort to avoid waving the white flag and, and resetting this to zero and coming up with different stakes. So you ready to do that this week? Because uh, I gave you carte blanche on picking every game. I said, I'm just going to pick against you and ended up going 500. I think I would have been close to perfect because I think the three games you got right were the games that I was upset that I had to take the other team. Yeah, so you did have the Niners. You were happy about getting the Niners. You're, you're right about that. I think it would have been five and one maybe. But the Niners are who you wanted to take too, obviously. Oh my all God. wrong about that one. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I faded myself and I uh, still went 500, which 500 is actually better than what I have done in the majority of the season. Uh, All right, I'll wave the white flag. Ah. I am conceding. I will be at the Cotton Bowl next year on the Oklahoma side of midfield, donning this hat, a burnt orange shirt, and some weird burnt orange pants that I'm going to have to find at some point between now and early October. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I'm down 10 games this late into the season. There's two weeks left in the NFL regular season. And obviously we've basically approached the college football playoff in the college game. I, uh, I've got to concede at this point. It's, it's been a rough year for me. It wasn't, it wasn't all bad. I got off to a decent start. This thing was close for a while, but As the calendar flipped to December, I have just lost the ability to know anything about football, apparently. So I've somehow gotten really hot with my picks, too, by the way. Like I I do this, uh, this pick eight games every week lead with Jeff Barker, and I'm right around 500 annually when I do this. I'm like 15 games over 500 at this point in the year, and it's mostly the last like month and a half. So Blind Squirrel finds that nut from time to time, you know? Yep, the blind squirrel gets his nut every once in a while. Those are the rules. We already got a text on the Coda text line, 512-222-9328. Somebody asks, can we sit with BK at the game next year? I guess if you also want to buy tickets on the Oklahoma side of the Cotton Bowl, then be my guest. Come join me. 
That would be a hell of a bid if we ended up buying out like a portion of a section and there's just patch of burnt orange on the OU side of things. Yeah, I'm going to need help for the fights that I'm going to get in because me versus like 50,000 people is probably not going to go well. So if I got a few others, maybe if it's 10 versus 50K, we've got a shot to not do much. So what are the stakes for the NFL playoffs essentially going to be, the college and NFL playoffs? We got to work on that. Um, if you have an idea, I'm open to hearing it, but I'll also open the door to our listeners and viewers if they have suggestions for another potential bet punishment as Trey and I restart our not-so-season-long pick'em contest that has basically turned into, yeah, we're betting on the playoff games and figuring out who does better between the two of us. Um, open to ideas for sure. We'll decide something at some point soon, but we'll obviously start the uh, the new round of picks before we get off the air today. I'm just looking at funniest punishments on the interwebs right now. Sing Christmas carols in the city in July. Shave your eyebrows off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dye your hair green. Man. Wear a mankini on a night out. Nope. I don't even know what that is. It's the that unitard that Borat would wear, where it's like a <laughs> giant V going over the front of you and covering your junk up. Oh, my God. That would be the best and the worst thing ever for Texas Sports Unfiltered. <laughs> Go into a mall and bark like a dog for five minutes. <laughs> oh, there are people who actually do that unironically, though. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> no haircut for 12 months. Okay. I think I've... I've done that a couple of times in my life, honestly. No haircut for 12 months. Yeah, that looks like about it. I'm still a fan of the five minutes of stand-up bit. No, not doing that. that, That's one of the few things that I've ever talked with you about that makes you nervous. Yeah, I'll do just about everything else but that. Why why do you not want to do that? I think I'd prefer the unitard or mankini deal over that. You know, this is basically me just picking what I want to do here. So, you know, your input is welcomed, but it's not what's going to make the final decision here because I know I'm losing this thing. So I got to figure out what the hell I'm willing to do on top of being a diehard Longhorn fan on the Oklahoma side of midfield. And if Texas wins, it's going to feel like a reward, mind you. It's going to be one of the best days of my life if Texas wins next year against Oklahoma and I'm dealing with all of those people. But if the game goes anything like the game this year went, that's going to be a freaking disaster. How about this? Loser has to get a haircut from the winner. Oh, okay. Potentially open to that. Loser has to get their chest wax, which we did previously on the old radio show. Yeah. You had to do that one. That was one of the rare bets that you lost. Yeah. And you, Pulled one of those wax strips off very slowly, too. It hurt. Just wanted to make sure I got all the hairs. Well, you didn't. <laughs> oh, you want to do it again? Not necessarily. I will for the good of the show, though. Uh, this is a good one. This is a classic. You take the SAT or the ACT, which is like five hours on a Saturday that you have Ooh. to dedicate to taking one of those high school standardized tests. That's brutal, and it's especially brutal if you don't do well. Right. Oh, I'm not going to do well. There's no way my score now is going to be anywhere close to what I got in high school. No chance. What did you get on the SAT in high school? Uh, 
Just shy of 2,000. Oh, that yeah, a- that's right. They changed the scoring up. I don't even know what that means anymore. It's, out, it's back to 1,600 now. It's like it was 1,600, then it was 2,400. Now it's uh, back to 1,600 again. So 24, let's see. So you take two, two-thirds of what? You said you got 2,000? Yeah, I think just shy, like 1,990, I think is what I got. Okay. And I, then I got that math in my head right now, but sounds like you did a good job. Did you do the ACT? No, I did the SAT back at a time where getting being in the top quarter of your class, of your uh, high school class, and getting over like 1,100 on the SAT got you automatic admission into Texas. And at the time, I was top quarter in my class, and I got a 1,200. And that happened at the beginning of my senior year. I, I don't know in the history of humanity if anybody has ever fucked off harder their senior year than I did. <laughs> once I got into UT, it was like I was like, I'm done. Yeah, that was that was kind of the start of me becoming the worst student of all time. <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah, that was like my whole goal growing up because parents and grandparents and older sister all went to Texas, and it was like I just I have to get into Texas. And I like made sure because I'm not naturally smart as, at all. If you guys have ever listened to me, you know that I made sure I did enough work to to get that acceptance letter. And then after that, coast was clear. We were coasting. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know how we got there. Y'all keep the uh, punishment suggestions coming on the code of text line and on the YouTube comment line as well. All right, Trey. Uh, do you want to hear from PK? Sure. You know what PK sounds like? I have an idea. I don't think I knew what Pete Kwiatkowski sounded like until last night when I was cutting up the press conference that he did in New Orleans. I think in a perfect world, he sounds a lot like Sam Elliott. He's just got this deep, gruff voice, and he's always dropping knowledge bombs on people, but I don't think he sounds that country. No, it's not that great. PK has been pretty damn good, but he ain't that perfect. So... A little bit different from Pete Kwiatkowski. But uh, let's hear from Texas's defensive coordinator. He was asked yesterday about getting pressure on Michael Penix Jr. I think everybody who's talked about this game realizes the importance of Texas being able to get some sort of pass rush on Michael Penix Jr. on Monday night. Here's PK talking about the importance of the pass rush, but also how they plan on getting a pass rush. Trying to get to uh, Penix, he does – He does a, obviously the offensive line does a good job of protecting, but he does – it goes hand-in-hand – you know, when the quarterback gets rid of the ball on time um, and is in rhythm, it's you're not going to get there. So, uh, from a from a defensive perspective, the coverage and the and the rush they go hand in hand. Um, most of the sacks that w- that we've gotten or anybody gets is because the coverage um, forces the quarterback to hold it, right? Confuse them. Uh, or quarterbacks trying to do more um, with it than um, they should. And then the Washington offensive line does a really good job. They're very athletic. They do a good job um, working together, um, obviously communicate very well, and um, they, don't, they, don't, they don't bust very much. And so, yeah, we got a, we got a huge challenge for, in front of us. So there you go. There's PK. Yeah, and he's right. I mean, look, Washington won the Joe Moore Award. I think everybody knows that at this point. The offensive line, uh, I think Michael Penix Jr. was only sacked nine times this year, which is top five in the country. Washington was also top 10 in tackles for loss allowed. So you talk about strength on strength. Everybody knows how good this Longhorn defensive front is, right? Texas, top five run defense. Texas, number two in the country in pressures. 
Texas has been great against the run. They've been great against the pass up front all year long. It's the ultimate strength on strength, and uh, whoever is able to win that matchup is probably going to be the team that wins this game. That's why you need to deploy your best pass rushers if you're Texas. That's why Anthony Hill needs to be in that pass rusher role more than he does traditional linebacker, especially on obvious passing downs. BK, you're going to see a heavy rotation along that defensive line, too, to make sure guys stay fresh. And I think we'll see uh, PK deploy blitzes at times to uh, try and catch that offensive line off guard. But it is a very tough task. And it's why we know that Texas, you know, for as confident as we feel about things, and this being maybe the most complete football team that's left in the college football playoff amongst the uh, the four teams that are vying for that national championship, uh, Texas defensive line needs to play an A-plus game on Monday night in order for this football team to win. I believe that they can. I believe that they will because all year long they have been up to that challenge. And so we'll see it one, if not two more times before it's all said and done. I have zero doubt about the interior of the Texas defensive line, right? Like I know Tavondre Sweat's going to have a big game on Monday. I know Byron Murphy's going to have a big game on Monday because those guys are battle tested and they've gotten it done every single Saturday throughout the course of the year. Can Texas get enough off the edge? And you're right. I like that Anthony Hill take, right? Like, put your best guys on the edge. Baron Sorrell's had a solid season. Ethan Burke, solid season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Anthony Hill, solid season. Those guys need to eat. It can't just be a sweat and Murphy day. Now, those guys are hugely important to stopping the run. And every quarterback will tell you pressure straight up the middle is the worst pressure. They can't stand guys coming right in their face, phrasing. They can't stand it probably in more ways than one. But uh, if you're able to get those guys on and the edge guys, uh, if they're able to win against Washington's tackles, who are very good, like that's the strength of the Washington O-line. All five guys can play, but the two tackles are probably their two best guys up front. If the combination of Sorrell and Burke and Hill and Vosick and whoever the hell else is lined up on the edge for this Texas defense, if they're able to win enough and create a couple of splash plays on defense, then, yeah, the Longhorns are uh, are going to be playing really, really well. So you're right. It's going to take an A to A-plus level performance from that entire group. I know the interior guys are going to bring it. Can the exterior guys make it happen as well? By the way, this is not going to be a perfect game for the Texas defense. Like, you need to accept that Washington is going to find some success offensively because of everything that we've been talking about. The offensive line is really good. Penix is, has insane accuracy all over the field. If there is a receiving core better than Texas in this country right now, it's Washington's. And I think people are sleeping on this rushing attack just a little bit as well. But it's about that defense disrupting enough to force the occasional punt or maybe even force Washington into field goals at times where they have gotten close to that Longhorns end zone. And uh, I know this defense, based on how resilient they've been all year long, is going to be up to that task. Yeah, yeah, I feel good about it. I feel good about it on that front. All right, one more for PK. Uh, look, everyone's got faith in the Texas defensive line. I don't know if anybody has faith in the Texas secondary. Here's PK. He was asked about the secondary and where they've improved since the Oklahoma game. Here's Pete Kwiatkowski right now. Better understanding of um, 
the leverage and you know we've, we've tweaked some things in the back end that that have helped them um but then they're gonna catch the ball we got to get them on the ground right and so when when we tackle right we have a, and don't give up explosive plays um and we try and force these these uh offenses to drive the length of the field we're we're pretty good um, but it's it's all about control, tackling and controlling the explosive plays, um, and then you know there's the the, the deep balls are they're one on ones, right? And they do a good job. We got to go up and compete, and we got to got to play the hands, and play the ball, and um, there's no no magic magic answer to that other than competing and you know being where you're supposed to be, and then. At the at the at the when you were high pointing the ball, right, and making a play on the ball, playing the hands, and hopefully getting the ball stripped out. Uh, I love PK as a defensive coordinator. I'm perfectly fine with not having to listen to PK every single week. He uh, he struggles struggles a little bit. Yeah, not his thing. And he even talked about it. Like somebody asked him what his personality is like and he's like i'm the reserved pretty quiet guy on this coaching staff so i think when i you know raise my voice and have something to say people put extra weight into it and you can kind of tell like hey being in front of a microphone not necessarily his uh his comfort zone or his happy place in the words of happy gilmore that's okay he's right though this team has become better at tackling over the last six games of the season I think that his emphasis in that answer and keeping Washington from hit those hitting those deep balls means we're going to see a lot of two and three high over the top of those uh, cornerbacks and wide receivers, maybe hiding what the safeties are doing at times to try and bait Penix into a deep ball throw. And maybe an opportunistic guy like Michael Taff ends up with an interception or two as a result. And these safeties can do their job well enough. Reinforcements are coming after halftime with Derek Williams being done serving the suspension for that targeting penalty called in the Oklahoma state game where the NCAA actually upheld it. It wasn't the big 12 responsible for upholding that. But for some reason, the NCAA thought that that was a penalty enough a targeting enough that Derek Williams remained suspended. It's a damn shame, but I'm a little bit less worried about that now BK because we have seen Jaron Thompson playing better over the last few games. It's been a, a little bit of a, a whipping boy as a player this year, because we had such high expectations of him going into the season and it just seemed like he was in his own head far too often and making mistakes, uh, giving up long touchdowns here and there. And he would bounce back with nice plays. I mean, think about, think back to that Alabama game where he gives up a long touchdown, comes back the very next possession and picks Milrow off. But there were way too many negative plays for him this year. We've seen those start to disappear over the last few games now. Yeah. And look, something that gives me confidence. I know Texas lost to Washington in the Alamo Bowl last year, but Texas did a good job of what PK was just talking about. Right? Texas did not get beat over the top a lot. They didn't give up a bunch of explosive plays to Washington. Now, Washington is better this year. Their quarterback's better and the receivers are better. And it's year two for Kalen DeBoer. So that offense is better than what Texas saw in the Alamo Dome last December. But you, you can't give up big plays. Like you can't give up multiple big plays washington's gonna get one they, they might get a couple but this can't be like four or five plays of 30 plus yards through the air i mean if texas is able to keep washington to 27 like they did last year i think the longhorn offense is good enough this year to where that's going to win them the football game so they've got to do a good job of preventing the explosive play but you know explosive pass plays aren't just hey, you throw the ball 30 40 yards down the field they could be screens and if a guy misses a tackle 
then boom, it's off to the races. Like that cannot happen. We can't have a Mac Brown tackling epidemic show up. We haven't seen that the last two years. Even though Texas lost five games last year, the defense played great. The tackling was a hell of a lot better. For the most part this year, this team has tackled very, very well. It's why they rank highly in a lot of statistical categories on that side of the football. They've got to be able, easier said than done, because Washington has some dudes. There's three NFL wide receivers that they've got. They're slippery. They're tough to bring down. But they have got to find a way to get those receivers on the ground. I think of the worst drive that Texas had defensively this year, the last drive of the Oklahoma game. Texas could not tackle. Uh, yeah, there have been other instances. There have been other missed tackles. But, like, that whole drive, like, it was Dylan Gabriel running, he'd make a guy miss. It was Gabriel completing a short pass to Farouk, he'd make two guys miss. Like, the tackling just, it's got to be there on Monday so Texas isn't giving up those big plays because that's nighty-night against that offense. I hate to make this parallel. And Dylan Gabriel is a better runner at this point in his career than Penix is. But two lefties who can be sneaky with using their legs at times to pick up important yards. Let's keep that in mind as we're watching this game on Monday. Yeah. And Gabriel's, I think, a better athlete than Michael Penix Jr. And he's a more willing runner. Now, Penix at Indiana, I would say he was the better athlete, but two ACL tears, like Penix doesn't want to run as much. But yeah, that's, I don't know if I said this at the round table, if you've already heard me say this, I'm sorry, Trey, but like Sark, The thing that Sark said that pissed me off the most this year, and he said it multiple times at press conferences over the course of the season, he would always talk about how teams would do stuff that they didn't see on film. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, of course, most of these teams don't have the talent that you have, Sark. They're going to do something to break tendency. They're going to do something to surprise you, to try to catch you off guard. Like, no shit. You got to adjust to that, guy. Uh, Maybe that's Washington's adjustment. Maybe Texas is looking at the fact that Michael Penix has, like, negative rushing yards this year and i know sacks are included but once again he wasn't sacked a whole lot like it just goes to show you that he did not run very much this season maybe washington's like ah, oh, no we, we think texas is going to play maybe some man they're going to turn their backs to like the quarterback and there could be some rushing lanes for Penix. you got to watch out you have to have an adjustment ready in case that is something kalen DeBoer and that offensive coaching staff tries to bring out yeah and look keep in mind Penix still shows that athleticism. He just shows it as somebody who has uh, incredible pocket presence and keep plays alive, yeah. also keeping his eyes downfield too. So there are moments where he could run and pick up some yardage, but he sees a much bigger chunk downfield with one of his talented wideouts. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't take sacks. He does not take sacks. Believe it or not, he was pressured and hurried more than Quinn Ewers was this year. Hmm. But Quinn, Quinn Ewers was sacked significantly more. And I told Bucky this morning, I think that's the biggest difference between these two quarterbacks. Now, Penix is better. Love Quinn Ewers. He's awesome. If Quinn comes back next year, he could do what Michael Penix Jr. did this year and be in New York as a Heisman finalist. That'd be awesome. But Penix does not take sacks. Ewers holds the ball too long at times. It gets him in trouble. He takes unnecessary sacks, unnecessary hits, whatever. You live with that because he's so good at just about everything else. Penix doesn't do that, though, Trey. Yeah, and Ewers gets clunky in the pocket at times, too. Like, he's shown better lateral movement, especially after that first game. But there's still those moments where it's like, God damn it, dude. Kind of feels like you just tripped over your own two feet there and led to a sack. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, something for him to work on. Uh, Hopefully he has worked on it over the last two or three weeks. But definitely something for the future of the development of Quinn Ewers. So where are you right now with this game? Obviously, we're going to make a final prediction here in a little bit when we pick two college games and four NFL games for our weekly picks. But uh, are you feeling confident right now? 
I feel better about this game now than I did three weeks ago. Okay. But I'm going to be the guy in New Orleans amidst thousands of Longhorn fans picking Washington to win this game. Mm. That's not like a reverse psychology thing. That's just me not having enough faith in the Texas secondary to be able to slow down Washington's offense. This is how you play your feelings out as a fan. Because you didn't believe the Rangers would win a World Series this year. Well, the Rangers are were cursed. You can't blame me for that. I've seen the Longhorns win one. I know Texas is capable of winning championships. The Rangers is a different beast. I like the reverse psychology, though. I'm not sure which side I'm, I'm going to be on when we make our pick. I go back and forth on this. Obviously, the line, and the line has gone down. Last I checked this morning, it was three and a half. So money has been coming in on Washington just a little bit, but... Uh, back to a point that we made or that I made on this show a couple of days ago. I feel like if there is blowout potential in this game, it's Texas blowing Washington out. Like if Washington okay. wins the game, it's going to be in more of a shootout fashion. So at that point, it comes down to which defense do you think has the capability of making a bigger play in a huge moment? And I probably lean with the Texas defense right now for that. Okay. Yeah, Washington's defense has been good at that, especially in the second half of the season as the offense stopped putting up those ludicrous numbers that they were putting up through the first five or six games of the year. But uh, yeah, I do too. Like uh, for, for as many questions as I have about this Texas defense, like they, they have better defensive talent than Washington does. So uh, in that spot, look, I would trust the Longhorns to, to find a way to get it done. It's interesting though. Um, if you think Texas has played in some close games this year, Trey, which they have, uh, I got to introduce y'all to Washington. <laughs> Texas is three and one in one score games this year. Washington has played six one score games this year. Obviously, they're six and oh. They had four games decided by three or less. Their last three games, everyone's like, Washington's playing so well. Look, they beat Oregon as like a 10 point dog. Very impressive win. More impressive than beating Oklahoma State. Uh, no doubt about that. But Oregon, uh, Oregon, Washington's last three games two point win, three point win. Three-point win. And we know Texas has just beaten the brakes off of uh, their last two opponents. How about this? Washington won one conference game by more than 10 points all season long. And that was their conference opener against Cal back in, like, late September. Texas, for as many close games and as much complaining as Longhorn fans did about us playing down to our competition and why aren't we putting these teams away, what's, Texas won five conference games by more than 10. So part of me wonders, like, Washington this year I think is better than TCU last year. But, like, that was TCU last year, wasn't it? All these one-score close wins. Now, TCU did win its semifinal game. Everyone remembers what happened against Georgia. So hopefully history ain't the same. Hopefully, uh, you know, Texas can get Washington in the semifinal. But it's just, I, I wonder if, okay, Washington, they're comfortable playing in close games. They've won them all. Or is this a, their luck's got to run out at some point. And when you flirt with disaster, like Molly Hatchet, as much as Washington has, maybe at some point you uh, you finally get burned. God damn it. You've reverse psychology me, psychologyed me into defending Washington here. But there were some significant injury issues after that first Oregon win on top of them playing some really ugly games weather-wise. Think back to that Oregon State game. I mean, that those were horrific conditions. I think something blew in like late second quarter at halftime or something. I mean, the fact that they were to hang on and win that game 
says something because that game was at Oregon State. And there's a few other games that are maybe less extreme examples of that. But to your point, I mean, they found ways to win in those games. And it was uh, something different that was happening each game to help out with that. It was the defense making a key play. It was Dylan Johnson, <clears throat> excuse me, being really good running the ball. Mm-hmm. When Penix was dealing with that cracked rib or when one of those wide receivers was out. So uh, there are a lot of guys willing to step up when need be for Washington in a big situation. But this game, you know, I know they've won some games in what looks like defensive slugfest. This game is going to look more like USC Washington, where you had both teams going over 40. Washington ends up going over 50 points in that game, too. It's just a matter of what, whether Washington can outpace the Longhorns when it's all said and done. Well, like the uh, 01 Holiday Bowl between these two teams, 47 43. There may be a little bit of that, yeah. I mean, it just depends on what the defenses are doing and how many guys they commit to dropping 20-plus yards off the line of scrimmage. Like, you're going to see some uh, some cover three on, on the Texas side and probably the Washington side, too, even though Washington throws it deep a whole lot more than Texas has this year. We've seen Texas return to more of a deep passing game over the last three to four weeks now. It's never completely out of Sark's system, but... He was kind of uh, going for, and his quarterbacks were kind of going for what the defense was giving them. So that is possible. The over-under right now, well, we've talked about it over the last few days. Is it still around 63 and a half, I'm guessing? It is. It feels, I don't want to say easy play, but it seems, feels like the smart play there is to still play the over, even though that means both teams ending up in the mid-30s or one team ending up in the 40s and the other team uh, being somewhere in the mid-20s. So I, you know, I, I think that we do see, yeah, probably in the the 70 to 75 point range when it's all said and done. I tend to agree with you. Jake says Washington beat USC by 10. Yes, they did. More than 10. They only beat one conference team by more than 10. Uh, Texas had five wins against Big 12 teams by more than 10. Uh, Washington had one. Now, look, the Pac-12 was better than the Big 12 this year. It wasn't as good as maybe we thought it was early on. At one point, there were eight ranked teams in the Pac-12. They didn't end the year with eight teams in the top 25 uh, but yeah, just a lot of close games for you, Dub. Once again, you think Texas played in a number of them? Uh, it wasn't like what Washington dealt with. They were uh, surviving by the hair of their chinny chin chin week in and week out, it felt like. All right, we've got to give some love to some sponsors before we get to our picks, before we get to where are we at in society. Uh, shout out to our man Ike and our newest travel partner. We've got tons of travel partners. You're seeing them all on screen if you're watching on YouTube. We'll be giving all of them love throughout the course of this week, throughout the weekend, and throughout next week as well. But we've got Domino's on board, Trey. And I'm not going to let you talk about Domino's because I'm one of the biggest Domino's fans in the history of the universe. So I've got to take this one. And how I big of it's okay, but I do need to let people know that there is quite a bit of Domino's that ends up getting delivered to our house too. That might surprise some people, but my kids, it is their favorite pizza far and away. Oh, I'm glad your kids have taste because you don't. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Domino's was the first meal I had when I moved back to Austin. That's how much of a fan I am because it's different up here than what I had in Houston. And I also didn't have a car to go anywhere, so I delivered. But I love Domino's. <laughs> and, and that new pepperoni stuffed cheesy bread, if you haven't tried it yet, you are missing out. All of the, uh, the Domino's stuffed cheesy breads are fantastic. They've got that bacon jalapeno one that I've probably ordered 50 times over the last two years. But the uh, the new flavor, the stuffed pepperoni cheesy bread. Trey, what a combo. It's cheese, it's pepperoni, it's melted in bread. 
That's as good as it gets. We all have our weaknesses. You tell me cheese and pepperoni on a really tasty dough. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time saying no seven times out of seven. Yeah, that will work. They've got the Domino's app, the website. I mean, it's never been easier to order Domino's to your place. Uh, love their pizza. Love our guy, Ike, who came out to see us at Pluckers yesterday. And uh, love having the Domino's logo on screen with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. That is bad ass. Oh, should we bring some actual Domino's to the Airbnb? I'm going to bring yeah, I feel a like- set that I got for Christmas. There you go. I like that. Oh, you're not talking about the pizza. You're talking about the, the game? The the game Domino's. I mean, we can order Domino's in New Orleans. I would suggest we save that for Austin and go someplace else when we're in the Big Easy. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, the game Domino's. Sure. Bring stuff. Just bring an Xbox or something, too. I could steal my kid's Xbox. Play something. <laughs> uh, your kid's not going to like that very much, though, I don't think. Oh, they could play the Switch. Okay. Well, that's nice. That is nice. I'll bring my PS2 because that will be, although maybe with the crowd that we have, that that actually would be uh, more popular than the new Xbox. I just want to play Smash Bros. Maybe I should bring the Switch so we can have a Smash Bros. tournament while we're there. I like that. I like that. There's going to be some great content coming your way from the frat house Airbnb that we're staying in in New Orleans. Thanks to all of our great travel partners. Covert BK, I'm actually going this afternoon to pick up the car We'll be driving out to uh, New Orleans. Thanks to Covert BK for hooking us up once again, and they can hook you up if you are looking for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV. Look no further than Covert BK. Check them out online at covertbcave.com or go see them off of 71. And thanks to all of our great travel partners who are allowing us to bring y'all boots-on-the-ground coverage in New Orleans. Okay. Should we do picks now here, Trey? Let's go. All right. So I have conceded. If you missed the start of the show, I have conceded on our season-long pick'em contests. I was down 10 games. I told Trey last week if I didn't make up any ground during last weekend's football action, then I would wave the white flag. And we had six picks. We went three and three. So I did not make up any ground. So I've conceded on the first bet. We're still taking suggestions for a, a new punishment. So we're starting over. We are even, and this will go through the Super Bowl. So the rest of college football, the rest of the NFL regular season, and the playoffs will have it all as a part of this new, not so season long pick 'em contest. 512 number suggests the Waffle House punishment. Uh, I've already done that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself through that misery again. Now, Trey, if you lose and you want to do the Waffle House punishment, no thanks. Okay, that's for you. I don't know what I would rather do less, take a Greyhound to El Paso or be stuck at Waffle House for that. Uh, you know what? The people out watching at Waffle House ain't bad, and I don't need to force waffles down my throat. I can eat waffles if I want to take time off. I, I would do the Waffle House challenge. Okay, could be an option for you. I don't want to do the same thing twice, and uh, I want to bring people fresh content. Now, there have been bets in the past where we have had different payoffs. So we'll see if uh, we do that this time around. I didn't see what the TED Talk idea was, Jake. So float that again. Somebody has to just give a 15-minute TED Talk. Oh, it's got to be about something embarrassing. It can't be as simple as, you know, talking about college football for 15 minutes. DJ, this is too far for a bet payoff. I am not going to be the ventriloquist and BK be my hand puppet. I don't need my hand going up there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to... Put the kibosh on that one, too. 
Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, no, get Greyhound to El Paso. We're happy BK didn't get murdered by a drifter last time. Yeah, that guy was fresh out of prison, and uh, he was mentally unhinged. Yeah, there were a few uh, folks fresh out of prison on that Greyhound bus trip. TED Talk explaining the benefits of incest. Wow. Hmm. I'd consider that one. On the show, or like, we got to go out in public and do this? Uh, I would assume that you go, you grab a literal soapbox and go on a street corner somewhere. You do yeah, a five-minute TED Talk on the benefits of incest. I'm not going to invite my sisters to that one. Can't have that. Good decision. Thank you very much. One of the few good ones I think I've made in my life. Hopefully I make some good decisions with these picks so I don't have to pay off another freaking bet. Uh, it's been a struggle for me. Now, since I didn't lose last week, I didn't win. We were 500. But I didn't lose, so I'm going to be fading myself again. Now, since we have reset the standings, I don't expect you to uh, give me the floor first for all six of these. But I'm letting you know right now, and I'm letting the people know right now, that uh, I will be fading my brain in hopes of not losing again. If you want if you want to pick first on all of these, you're welcome to. No, we'll we'll go with the way that we've always done. We'll we'll keep it fair for now. All right. Even even though I I really do need the help, but we'll try to act like I don't. So we'll go in chronological order. We've got four NFL games and of course the two college football playoff semifinals. Even though those games are on Monday, we're going to make our picks today cuz Monday is going to be all about the Sugar Bowl. There's no question about that. Uh we'll start with tomorrow. The Dallas Cowboys in a Monday night football game on Saturday hosting the Detroit Lions. Uh, Trey, the Cowboys are five and a half point favorites. Dallas has, of course, lost two games in a row, but they're back in Arlington where they've won 15 games in a row. The Lions have already clinched a playoff spot. They've won the NFC North, but they've got the same record as San Francisco and Philadelphia. So they're still playing for a shot at the one seed in that first round bye in the NFC. Dallas minus five and a half. What say you? Boy, this is a tough one because Detroit is good at running the football with that Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, two-headed beast. But I also don't know how much I trust Detroit in a game like this. They haven't faced a ton of teams that are over 500 this year. They got their butts kicked by Baltimore, and they beat Tampa, I want to say, earlier in the year at a time where Tampa was still trying to find its footing. I think that was the start of a four-game losing streak for Tampa. Cowboys are much better at home. And we actually saw an improvement in last weekend's game against Miami, even though it turned out to be a loss. It was a, a big step forward for them with how they play on the road versus the previous week in Buffalo. Yeah, I think the Cowboys probably win this one by a touchdown. So give me Dallas here. Okay, we're on opposite sides here because I'm fading myself. I agree with everything you said. Uh, Dallas at home, you shouldn't bet against Dallas at home right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think they will win by more than five and a half, but... Because I am going against my thoughts, I have Detroit in this one. All right, the uh, other Texas team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, they get their quarterback back. C.J. Stroud returns to action after missing the last couple of weeks. The Texans play the Titans. Of course, two weeks ago, the Texans beat the Titans without C.J. Stroud up in Nashville. This game in H-Town, the Texans four-and-a-half-point favorites. I will go first. Uh, I've got the Titans because I think the Texans are going to win in cover. I am going with... Tennessee here. Yep. CJ Stroud's back. Nico Collins came back last week. This team, even though they're going to be without Tank Dell the rest of the way, is getting a little bit healthier. And I think there's some motivation to beat the Titans, not from the players necessarily, but from the fans who remember 
the Tennessee franchise wearing those Houston Oilers uniforms. I think we're going to see a, a fired up crowd at NRG on Sunday helping this football team out. Yeah, so give me the Texans to cover here. Let me ask you this, Trey. If you wear an Oilers jersey to that game on Sunday, who are you rooting for? I don't know why this question just broke my brain, but it did. I, t- Texans, I think. I, I, like, I guess you'd assume that because it's in Houston. Yeah. But you'd have to ask. Wouldn't you have to ask the person who's wearing the jersey? Like, hey, who's whose side are you on here? If you're rooting for the Titans and you're wearing an Oilers jersey at NRG on Sunday, you are a douchebag of the greatest variety. You can go fuck yourself. Give that jersey to somebody who invested emotional capital into the Houston Oilers franchise and beat it, loser. Mm. The hell out of our. Oh, I don't know why I just said our stadium. I'm not even a Texans fan. Get the hell out of that stadium. Um, you probably can't f yourself in public. That's that's not going to end well for you if you try. I hope he tries to you end up in jail for some sort of perversion? Yeah, well, I guess if that's the ultimate goal, then it will work for you. All right, another NFL game. The uh, game of the weekend in the NFL. Look, Cowboys-Lions is great, but you've got the matchup for the top seed in the AFC. It's Miami at Baltimore. The Ravens coming off that huge win against San Francisco on Christmas. The Dolphins coming off that last-second victory over the Cowboys. Baltimore, the home team, Trey, three-and-a-half-point favorites. You are up first. Here is this week's version of this line seems too good to be true, so I got to go the other way. I think Baltimore, I don't know why it's only three and a half, considering what they just did to San Francisco last week. The Dolphins are going to be without Jalen Waddell. Tyreek Hill is back, but he did look a little bit hobbled against Dallas last week, even though he still got his nine catches for around 100 yards. And because I think that uh, the Ravens are being slighted here, give me the Dolphins to cover, BK. So I guess in a sense, I'm fading myself like you are. Yeah, I'm doing the exact same thing. Like, we're on the same side of this one. I think Baltimore's going to win and cover because Miami, I know they beat Dallas last week, but they've had struggles against good teams, and they've also had struggles on the road against good teams. And this game is in Baltimore. So uh, because of all of that, I'm picking Miami. That makes sense. Uh, The last NFL game we'll pick, Chiefs-Bengals. What the hell is going on in Kansas City right now? Kansas City still a a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Jake Browning. In Cincinnati, the Bengals got brought back down to earth last week in a big, big way uh, by Pitts. Was that Pittsburgh game last week? Yeah, it was. Okay. Mason Rudolph uh, made everybody everybody forget about Mitchell the Bitchell. Yeah, that, that game feels like forever ago. I think people had already forgotten about Mitchell the Bitchell years ago, <laughs> except for that girl from his middle school who got kissed in a certain spot. Uh, Chiefs six-and-a-half-point favorites. Against Cincinnati, Kansas City reeling. I'm going to pick the Chiefs because I'm fading myself. Like I, I bet on the Chiefs right now feels stupid. Yeah. Even though they're at home and they've got their starting quarterback and Cincinnati doesn't, uh, betting on the Chiefs feels foolish right now. So um, because of that, I will take the Chiefs. I don't know what I'm missing here. Like I don't like this line either going in the direction of the Chiefs. So I guess you and I are going to end up on, on opposite ends of this when I think we see a bounce back effort by Cincinnati. The problem wasn't Browning last. Well, it was Browning last week. He threw three interceptions. That's a problem. This Chiefs defense has still been pretty good this year. But I just have no faith in Kansas City's offense get it going. So even if they win this game, I think it's going to be something like 17 to 13, 21-17 maybe. So give Ooh. me the uh, Chiefs will win, but I think the Bengals ultimately do cover. Will Yoko be in the stands? 
That's another factor that we we all laughed about earlier this year, but how much is that adding to the overall distraction for things? Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, they're just uh, they're NFL darlings in terms of all the commercials that they're in right now. Yeah. Uh, State Farm and otherwise, but is is the Taylor Swift factor, factor something that we need to consider? Yeah, Chiefs have lost three of four. Both teams still fighting for a playoff spot, right? The Chiefs, all they have to do is win, and they win the division again, but uh, it hasn't been easy for them over the last month. All right, on to the college games. Before we get to where we at in society, we'll start with Michigan and Bama. Michigan, a two-point favorite, the top seed. They, they damn near pick them, but they are favored still against Alabama at the Rose Bowl Monday afternoon. Trey, you have the honor. I got to go with Alabama here. I think that Alabama's defense is good at stopping the run, and that's what Michigan needs to be good at to win in January. And I think that maybe with the exception of Washington, if they go up against Alabama or Texas, it's going to be very tough sledding for them. Just not completely convinced at this point in the year that J.J. McCarthy is the quarterback that he thought he was setting into the season. And I've also seen Jalen Milrow take some big steps forward too. So I do have Alabama winning this game, which means I do have them uh, covering that two-point deficit. Okay, we're on the same side here because I think Michigan's going to win. I feel like I'm the only person in the world picking Michigan to win this game. Like, I can't believe they're still favored because it feels like everybody thinks Bama is going to roll. Um, so we're on the same side because I'm fading myself, but I, I like Michigan here. Like I, You're right, Milrow's improved and McCarthy is whatever, but I just, like, I'm not forgetting that Bama needed a fourth and 31 against an average Auburn team to win like three weeks ago. Oh, I guess not three weeks ago. Cause we've had a month off, but you know, like two games ago, I'm not forgetting that. So uh, yeah. Uh, betting against Saban feels stupid, which I guess is why I'm not in the sake of our uh, pick them contest, but I actually do like Michigan to uh, win this game and advance to the national championship. And last but not least, Trey, the sugar bowl. Texas and Washington, we will be there at the Superdome on Monday night. Of course, plenty more pregame content coming today and tomorrow and Sunday and Monday right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet. Download the free app too. Shameless plug. Texas, a four-point favorite. You said three and a half earlier. I just checked the SPM. Yep. Saw four, so we'll go with four uh, per standard on this show. And I will go first. Mm. Well, I said earlier that I think Washington's going to win. Oh, which yeah. Means, which means I have to fade myself, mm. which means for the sake of our show picks, boy, this is a scary thought for the people. I've got to go with Texas. Might I'm well. completely confused right now. You're good. Boy, that half point matters so much too, doesn't it? It was a yeah. Texas pick for me. I guess if anything, it turns into a push if it's a four-point game now. But yeah, how how I had not seen that line move below four all week. And this morning, I was recording with our friend Sam Paniotovich for the radio show, and it was at three and a half at that time. So if I was a gambling man, I would have jumped all over that. I'm not, and I definitely don't bet four against Texas either. That's just a good general rule of thumb if you're a sports fan, unless you're a degen like BK is, or uh, maybe the Bucky Godbolts of the world, but I'm still going to pick Texas to cover. I think ultimately Texas ends up winning this game. Do I want to say this out loud? I, I think Texas wins it more by four, by by more than four. So, oh. yeah, Texas also. Are you saving your actual pick for Monday? Yeah, and I'm going to 
think about it and probably overthink things a little bit more between now and then. So the prediction could get even worse than it currently is. Everyone's mad at me. Hey, I went 500 last week. All right. I'm on a heater. Okay. Lay off. He's only, if he keeps this pace up the rest of the football season, he's only going to lose what? 10% the rest of the way. We'll take it. That's a big upgrade over what I have lost this year. All right, those are our picks for the week and weekend and into Monday. We've got uh, a few minutes left in a Friday program. Trey, we've got where are we at in society? Do you want to go live spot or recorded today? Going to go recorded after I tell the people real quick about another travel partner. Wanted to get a little bit of love in for Hummel Realtor as well. HummelRealtor.com, H-U-M-M-E-L. Are you searching for your dream home in Austin or maybe curious about how much your home is worth? Look no further than Brian Hummel, your trusted Austin realtor with Realty One Group Prosper. Brian is more than just a realtor. He's a full-service expert overseeing your entire transaction from start to finish. He'll lead you through each step of the buying or selling process with questions answered and details explained in plain English. He has over two decades in Austin where Brian has witnessed the dynamic growth and evolution of the Central Texas market, making him your valuable resource for buying, selling, and investing. And as a certified real estate negotiator, Brian brings a strategic and skillful approach to bargaining. He secures the best deals, whether it's getting the highest price for a seller or the most favorable terms for a buyer. When you choose Brian Hummel as your realtor, you're not just hiring a real estate expert, you're gaining a trusted partner committed to your success. Contact Brian today, 512-619-1347. That's 619-1347. Or log on to HummelRealtor.com. Again, H-U-M-M-E-L Realtor.com. Brian Hummel, Realty One, the one you need. And yes, our other sponsor, Travel Partner, they're going to talk about right now, not just because we're grateful for him helping us get to New Orleans and back, but also because he is the sponsor of this daily bit. It is Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, we will provide a story that gives us a sense of optimism that has a saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day, BK. We go to the world of eco-sexuality once again. We've talked about a similar story in the past. Do you recall what eco-sexuality is? Uh, like sticking it in the environment it's a figurative or maybe sometimes literal tree fucker Mm, like you've got oh like the hole in the tree could be stick it in there or you could just have sexual feelings towards a tree plant or something else in nature you ever done that No. Well, that took you a long time. I don't know if I believe your answer now. We're not going to focus on me today. We're going to focus on a self-proclaimed eco-sexual who says that she has become 
infatuated with an oak tree that fills her with, quote, erotic energy. Oh, it fills her, huh? Fills her with erotic energy. Okay. Simeonova is her name. She's 45, and she says this about this oak tree. Quote, there was an eroticism with something so big and so old holding my back. Hey, wait, we got Bucky here. What do we need? Ooh. What does she need? We've got our own guy who can help her with that. He's old. And is he big, too? Uh, no, he's like 5'3". Uh, the tree's probably taller than uh, than Bucky here. He used to be 5'10", but unfortunately, as his body continues to wither away, he has shrunk down to 5'3 now. Not so fast, Bridget. Not so fast. Thank you, Lee. Okay, so, so yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, definition of an ecosexual, according to a book called Here Come the Ecosexuals, is a person who, quote, finds nature romantic, sensual, and sexy, and often imagines Earth as their lover. Now, Sonia is a self-intimacy guide and somatic sex educator in training, as she puts it. First started pining for this oak tree after moving to Vancouver, British Columbia in the winter of 2020. She also specializes in erotic storytelling, and she said that she laid her eyes on a giant oak tree while on her daily nature strolls during lockdown. So this is a COVID-infused love story here, BK. Quote, I was walking a path near the tree five days a week for the whole winter. I noticed a connection with the tree. I would lie against it. And eventually, the connection grows stronger until the summer of 2021 when she starts to develop erotic feelings for the oak tree. Hmm. Um, Boy, I don't even know where to begin on this one here. I guess you don't have to worry about it ever going limp. That's good. Whiskey dick, not a thing with oak trees. So Mm -hmm. she's got that going for her. Um, Tree brings the wood all the time. That's good. It's pleasing to some. Uh, I got a hunch I know who this woman voted for in the last presidential election. The Green Party candidate? Yeah, I think so. That's that's what I was thinking there. Uh, do we believe this? Or is this just someone wanting attention and this is her weird way of going about getting it it's a great question let me uh let me give you some pictures of the woman here and you can judge for yourself Mm. all right here we go here's picture number one of sonia would you marry me did she say that to the that's a shitty dad joke i don't have enough kids for that one here's another picture how old is she did you say that already 45 she's my age, I don't know okay. if she's older or younger than me. In this picture, I think she's, no pun intended here, she's done some things to spruce up the look a little bit. If this is the, the picture of her first falling in love with the tree, and these pictures are are the, I guess, the engagement photos that she's taken with the tree in the last couple of months now. Yeah. Like, she's looking better, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I would. Oh, I, I see it there. You, you would not. Yeah. I, don't, I, I hope their relationship doesn't splinter, Trey. 
I was just about to say, like, even if it's something that I started to consider, I feel like the potential for genital splinters would douse hmm. any perceived sexual desires that I had to bang a tree. Do you have experience in that realm, the genital splinter realm? Well, no, not exactly. I do like to take that a thing? to it from time to time, <sighs> but I'm not picking any splinters out. I'm just I'm <laughs> picking at it with tweezers. Uh, what for? Why did I ask that? A pleasure. <laughs> oh, God, that is... I can oh, show man. you at the Airbnb in New Orleans if you want. We'll be there this time tomorrow. Well, maybe not quite this time tomorrow. We'll be there tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, we will be. Uh, no, it's okay. That's all right. Uh, you explaining how it works is uh, is more than enough right there. Um, this girl, she needs to get laid by a human being, dude. Like, that. that's the solution here, right? Like, part of me is, like, you check her into an institution or put her on meds or just stop giving her attention and maybe she'll stop faking this if that's what she's doing. But she needs a good uh, dicking, as the kids say. I heard your kids say that yesterday. That's why I use that term. I wouldn't put that past them. No, I, look, that's – I see why you're taking the stance that you are there. I think she needs a good branching, though. I think she really needs to understand – uh, just how big a uh, dissuader the genital splinters are. Like, she needs to actually go there. I know she fantasizes about it. She needs to play that one out in real life to understand just how batshit crazy it is. Do you... Like, if you're just uh, walking around that park where that tree is, is there a chance you see her, you know, enjoying herself in the presence of that tree? Like, is she, like, sexually turned on, or is this an asexual type of relationship here? That's the thing. She says that it's not sexual like that. Like, she fantasizes about this tree, but she doesn't go there. So she clearly needs to just go ahead and, and see this through to completion so she can see for herself how bad of an idea it is. Right, 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 right. You know, she just, I don't know if she ever will, though, because she, she clearly doesn't have the physical attraction. Well, she did say she was attracted to its looks. That's how this whole thing started. Yeah. She just doesn't want to. She don't want to bang it. She don't want it to. I mean, there, there are branches. I'm sure she could find a way to get you know something inserted somewhere. Yeah, she doesn't want to bang it yet. I feel like this is a friendship between a guy and a girl. Eventually, somebody is want gonna want to get with the other. The tree's a Here. freaking tree, so it's not gonna have those feelings. She's eventually gonna become curious enough. Uh, like if trees did have feelings, this tree would be like, get the fuck away from me, lady. <laughs> like, the, the tree would not be amused by this at all. Like the tree's just trying to chill there and hang out and, and do whatever a tree does, which is not much. And he's like, uh, here comes this bitch again. Yeah, it's, like, like got- Madonna, it's like Madonna and that goat from that photography book she came out with in, ni- in the 1990s. That goat is like, what are you doing? I'm a goat. You're a human and I'm a goat here. What What are you actually trying to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a Nunley story or something? Uh, y- yes, but less, um, there was less, less an attempt to help with the procreation process than just the genuine, like, satisfaction process i guess or the genuine pleasure process of it all mm. yeah gregory says the hotter they are the crazier they are yeah now this this woman's not that hot but she is exceptionally crazy she kind of goes against the hot crazy matrix right incredibly crazy but just average looking 
Does that go for trees too? <laughs> that I don't know. I'll talk to my tree guy though and see what I find, which is usually you actually. So now I don't know where I'm going to turn. Am I your tree guy? Shit. I do up on trees, no pun intended there. And a few more friends who smoke more than you, I guess. So. Oh, that tree. Yeah, I guess I am your tree guy. That tree. All right. That's going to do it for where are we at in society because I see the fellas in the waiting room. Chip Brown live in New Orleans. Zay Collier live in Austin, but we'll be live in New Orleans tomorrow. Oh, the credential has arrived. Flossing on us. I see you, Chip. Damn. Nice. I, I tried to get credentials uh, for all of us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And I, I think before I even hit submit, I got an email saying that we had been rejected. Mm. So that was uh, that was my we ain't shit yet email. In due time. In due time. Yeah. I got to start with Bianco and McConnell first. I need those guys to like me. And then we'll, then we'll get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll get somewhere. They've come a long way. Yes, I remember when I moved from the Dallas Morning News to the online world, they wouldn't even credential me. And I've been writing about them for 10 years at that point. That's absurd. So it's like, you know, pushing that rock up the hill. Sisyphus. Syphilis is what you mean. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> but oh. that might burn. Yeah. It might. All right, guys. We'll uh we'll leave y'all. We uh we'll see you in New Orleans this weekend, Chip. Yeah, I need the uh, I need the address for the Airbnb. I'm gonna have a care package. Oh, I think I texted. Did I put you in the did group? You? Yeah, I had a yeah, group text. So it's in there. You got yeah. it, Chip. You got to come over and hang out at the Airbnb a little bit too. Well, that's the plan. Okay, I'm gonna bring you something. Sweet. Right. Can't oh, wait. Yeah. All right, guys, have a great show. We'll be listening. All right, fellas. Appreciate y'all, fellas.